1995 film Hackers came out at a time when the internet was new to the viewing public. In this episode, we'll review the movie and tell you about what's real in it and what's not. Welcome to Copec Explained Software, the podcast where we make computing intelligible. So we're trying out this new kind of episode where you and I watch a movie, Rebecca, and then we figure out what was real in it as far as the tech goes and what was really totally science fiction or what was just fictionalized to make the movie better. But I'm wondering before we get into that, if you can tell us a bit about the movie Hackers, maybe give us a brief synopsis of the plot. So the movie Hackers was released in 1995, and it's about a group of high school students who, as the title suggests, are hackers. And what happens is that one of them and then the rest of them, because they're a crew, are framed by a cybersecurity hacker that works for a private company for creating and infecting this company's computer systems with a virus. So then these high school kids have to prove their innocence and catch the actual bad guy who is the cybersecurity expert for the firm. Right. And we should mention the movie's not really appropriate for young children, if you have young children, because there are images of teenagers smoking cigarettes and there's some sexual content. So it's not really appropriate for really young kids. The other thing is the cast, right? It's not really that great a cast in that it wasn't really anybody that I knew except for Angelina Jolie. Well, and Matthew Lillard, who was... Right, Matthew Lillard. Yeah, he was a very young Matthew Lillard. And he later on went to some pretty big movies later on. But yeah. Yeah. Some uh, funny and iconic, I guess, teen movies later on. Yeah. And the hackers are portrayed as very cool... I guess sophisticated. They rollerblade a whole lot, which I guess was really cool back then. Well, we grew up in the 90s. I mean, we were eight years old when this movie came out in 1975. And yeah, rollerblading was really cool in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's how they got everywhere. They were very efficient with it. Right. So let's And they never took them off, the rollerblades, even inside. Yeah, that was kind of weird. They rollerbladed inside quite a bit. Um, so, and there's also kind of like a love story between the main hacker character and Angelina Jolie's character, who is also a hacker that he meets at this New York City high school that he moves to. And those characters are named Dade and Kate. Dade and Kate, right. So anyway, let's get into the tech. So like you said, Rebecca, hackers portrays hacking as very cool. And every time they go on the computers to hack, they have these really cool like visualizations, cool for the time, I guess, where they're kind of like going from building made out of like electrons to building made out of electrons and zooming in through like 3D visualizations of filing cabinets. Yeah, it's like like they're actually diving into the computer. They're inside the computer going through all these different chips to find the information that they need. Right. Now, that is a very prominent theme, the coolness of the visualizations when they're hacking throughout the entire film. They keep going back and forth to that view. And that is the first thing in the film that is just totally inaccurate. What hacking really looks like is somebody on a command line, somebody on a text screen with black on white text or white on black text and just writing a whole bunch of commands. 
That is what hacking really looks like. It does not look like a cool 3D visualization where somebody's navigating through virtual file cabinets and virtual buildings. So, of course, they had to, you know, how do you show and make that fun on a screen? You can't show what it really looks like because it's really boring what it really looks like. So they showed all these 3D visualizations. But it gave, they're trying to make hacking look cool. And the truth is a lot of what you do until you get to the point where you're actually able to do something is not actually that cool. Um, and it takes a lot of skills and a lot of practice and a lot of buildup to get to that point. It's not just that you like have some innate talent. You might have an innate talent, but it also takes years of learning to get to the point where you can do something sophisticated. The other th- visualization they did is when the hackers were were working on something or hacking, especially the main character, they would show math equations um, going through his head as like what he was thinking about. Is that what goes through your head when you program? No, uh, I don't have tons of like floating math equations. I'm usually concentrating on a very, very small subset of my program and just trying to figure out maybe one very basic math equation, a little bit of logic, or I'm just trying to think about some abstract concepts that I've developed up in the program. There's not like a million different things going on at the same time when I'm programming. I'm always focusing on a small part of the program at a time. Um, so let's talk about some things that are accurate though Mm -hmm. about the movie. So yeah, the visualizations are inaccurate, how they make hacking seem and what it's like to actually do it is inaccurate, but there are a couple things that are pretty accurate. One thing is social engineering. And I read a book last year by a guy named Kevin Mitnick, and he's one of the first like really famous hackers. And he wrote this book about um, his career in hacking, and he actually turned to the good side later on in life and became a cybersecurity person. But back when he was young, he might actually be partially what the movie is based on because there was a lot of notoriety around his hacking exploits in the 1980s and 1990s. And he actually started hacking when he was a teenager. And a lot of what he did was actually social engineering. The name of the book is Ghost in the Wires, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But a lot of what he did was social engineering. So he would actually start by calling up a company and convincing somebody in the company to give him just a little bit of information that'll get him to the next step. The movie does show this in several points. Instead of just like breaking in through some kind of security vulnerability, oftentimes a hacking attempt starts with getting that little bit of insight from somebody who works at the company or the organization that you want to hack into. And that can be as simple as, as they show in the movie, calling the person up, pretending to be somebody else, being really confident about it, knowing just the right thing to say to get them to give you maybe even their password or maybe just a little piece of information that's going to get you to the next step. Mm -hmm. So social engineering is shown in the film and that is definitely accurate. Hacking has a lot to do with social engineering often. Something else we saw in the movie was the use of payphones and just phone lines in general. Was that accurate? Yeah, that was another pretty accurate part of the movie. The movie had a lot to do with the intersection between computing and the telephone networks. And actually, there's a long history there. So a lot of the earliest hackers, what we would call hackers, were originally what were called phone freaks. They were people who figured out, and it was called freaking the activity that they did. They were people who figured out how to get around the phone system without having to pay or without having to go through official channels through AT&T, which used to be the official national television provider. And then there were local telephone companies. This was back in the day when AT&T was a national monopoly that provided all long distance telephone service in the United States. Anyway, 
there were people who were really in the scene who then later on transitioned into the computer scene. I'll give you an example. Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, they were actually originally phone freaks. They would eventually start Apple Computer, but one of their first business ventures together was selling what were called blue boxes. These were little devices that could play the same tones as the AT&T machines expected at a payphone to allow you to make long-distance calls. So you could take the blue box, press some buttons on it, hold it up to a payphone, and then make a free phone call anywhere in the United States. And there's all kinds of funny stories about the calls that Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak made back when they were developing these boxes. Of course, what they were doing was illegal, and they were going and selling these boxes and actually making a profit doing it. And some of that money might have eventually been rolled over into some of the money seed capital used to start Apple. But anyway, um, but people felt justified, actually. You know, hacking is always kind of like a counterculture. It always has been. That's portrayed well in the film. These teenagers are kind of outcasts a little bit. But what they all have in common is that they're fighting against the system. And they're fighting especially, and they talk about this in the film, about against parts of the system that they feel are unjust. And that's how these original phone freaks felt. They felt like, wow, it's really unjust that telephone service in the United States is A, so expensive, and B, a partially government-run monopoly. AT&T was a private company, but it was allowed by the government to be a monopoly on all long-distance service in the United States. So people felt that was really unjust, and they were kind of rebelling against it by making these free phone calls using phone freaking techniques. So I think that's portrayed well in the film. And then there's just a whole history of people breaking into the computer networks of the phone companies. And that's portrayed well in the film as well. And then using actually phone networks, because remember the internet oftentimes was originally connected with over the phone network. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us who were growing up in the 90s, we remember you know using dial-up modems to get on AOL or something. Uh, but actually that's how a lot of computer to computer networks were set up even outside of the public internet in the in the world of corporate intranets or the world of um, Unix machines connecting one to another in the 80s and the 90s. A lot of that was done over the phone network. So that was shown really well in the film and that was accurate as well. What about the technology themselves? Like the, the computers that they were using, were those accurate for the time? So in the movie Hackers, a lot of the laptops are actually Macs. And Yes, I'm sure there were hackers who used Mac laptops in the mid-1990s, but probably not that many. Mm -hmm. Most people who are doing like serious hacking were going to be using Unix machines or early Linux machines if they were doing so in the 1990s. Remember, Apple was like almost dying in the mid-1990s. They had like less than 5% market share and they were almost going out of business and it's pretty unlikely that these particular people with the type of computing interests that they had would have actually been using Macs. But Macs have always been really popular because the machines themselves look nice in movies. So it's not surprising that they were actually used prominently in the film. But that's probably not the platform that the hackers would have been using. They probably would have been using some machine running some form of Unix, um, maybe a, more, a, more likely even a machine running Windows than a Mac in the mid-1990s if you were into hacking. You know, another thing that wasn't really realistic in the film was the connection between the government's investigation of the teenage crew and the corporation that was actually having this like duel of hacking with the crew. The corporation worked together with the Secret Service against the teenagers. It almost seemed like the Secret Service was working for the company. 
Right. And that really is not realistic, I think. I think, of course, the Secret Service would do their own independent investigation, if it would even be the Secret Service. For this kind of cybercrime, I'm not even sure it would be. I think it might be something like the FBI. Um, a- oh, that makes reminds me, though, Mark Anthony is in this movie. Right. Yeah. That Sorry. Was, <laughs> yeah. When we were talking about the cast, we forgot Mark Anthony, before he was really famous, at least in the United States, as a singer, is in this movie as an actor playing one of the agents in the Secret Service. Yeah. A small role. Like, I don't even know if he speaks very often, but he's there. Yeah. So a very strange cast. Matthew Lillard, <laughs> Mark Anthony, and Angelina Jolie. Yes. Uh, but they're not, none of them are actually the main character. The main character is an actor that... Has Johnny been Lee ins- Miller. Johnny Lee Miller. I, I don't know him other than from this movie, but... He most recently was uh, in a TV show with Lucy Liu. Okay. But in the real world, no, I do not think the Secret Service would work for a private company. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I th- would hope that the folks who would be investigating cybercrime would have some kind of knowledge of computers, which it seemed like no one in the Secret Service in this movie did. Although back in 1995, I'm not sure how much knowledge people who worked in the Secret Service would have on average. That's fair. And What did you think about the movie overall? Did you enjoy it? I thought it was a terrible movie. (laughs) Uh, I hope if we do one of these episodes again, we review a better movie because I thought it was kind of a waste of my time seeing it other than to tell all of you about how accurate or inaccurate the technology was in the film. (laughs) The movie had a very convoluted plot, pretty bad writing, really strange choices in terms of cinematography, some really weird camera shots. And uh, I didn't even think the acting was that good. I don't know if I said that already. Angelina Jolie was maybe the best actor there. And so not surprising that she became the most famous. Maybe the bad guy, he was pretty good too. But most of it was pretty bad. Bad writing, bad acting, not a great plot. Yeah, I didn't really like it. What about you? (laughs) Well, I didn't dislike it as much as you did. I'd seen it before um, and remember thinking that it was pretty cool what they could do with computers. But yeah, not my favorite movie at all. Okay, so let's think about the film overall. We'll do this for future films we do. How accurate do we think it is? On a scale of 0 to 5, with 0 being completely inaccurate and 5 being extremely accurate, how accurate do we think Hackers is? I think maybe a two and a half, like right in the middle. There were some things that were true and really accurate and some things they portrayed well and other things that were definitely not. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd give it a two and a half. The plot was so convoluted. You can't say the plot was accurate at all. The actual hacking scenes were so inaccurate. But again, hacking being your counterculture, that's true. Um, Hacking being highly tied in the 90s, at least, to the phone networks, that's totally true. Social engineering being a big part of hacking, that's totally true. So there were some elements there that were real, that really came out of the world of the hacking counterculture. But as a whole, it wasn't that accurate. So I think two and a half, I'll agree with you, is pretty fair. Well, thanks for listening to us this week. Uh, If you think we should do another tech movie review in the future and tell you about the accuracy in the film, let us know by replying to us on Twitter. Rebecca, how can people get in touch with us on Twitter? We're at Kopec Explains, K-O-P-E-C-E-X-P-L-A-I-N-S. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.